Hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Tapstream Podcast, episode 22. We are continuing our Game of Thrones discussion with season 8, episode 3. I am Trey, and today I am joined by... Chelsea. And dear Christopher. So, before we get into discussing this monumental episode, uh, I want to make sure that we take the time to give kind of like a maybe two to three sentence review of the episode and what we overall felt. Uh, Chris, I'll go ahead and start with you. What'd you think? Um, I just want to point one thing out as a precursor to my statement, right? Right. As you started the intro, I gave a very exasperated sigh and it's like my 15th of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's actually low. Uh, anyway, I think that's a pretty good starter to this podcast. Um, (laughs) It's a heavy one. I'll make it brief, but um, <clears throat> just a little backstory. I I started Game of Thrones incredibly late. Trey, Trey attempted to make me watch the show um, many times and never quite hooked me. You, surprisingly, you and I actually watched the first two episodes together. Yeah, yeah, really. Wait, mm-hmm. not when it aired, right? No, 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 no. Because I think we were already yeah. in season two, and I had bought the Blu-ray box set, and yes, I was like. Okay. I'm going to try and get this guy hooked. And we watched two episodes and that was it. So that's what I'm referring to. And it's funny that it didn't take, but anyway, in this, in the sick, for the sake of brevity. um, So when I, when I watched, uh, when I finally got hooked, I gave up on the show for a solid month uh, because I started around like season six. Uh, After season six ended, I watched season seven live. Mm-hmm. uh halfway through so i define everything um as red wedding like like intensity level mm-hmm. um i don't know if anything i just said was coherent i apologize if it wasn't no that makes uh, sense like the the red wedding is like your marker of emotional yes weight um in this episode if i were streaming in its entirety, I would I would stop after this episode. Like it would probably it would be my second red wedding. I think it was more intense than the red wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Chelsea? Um, mine's not gonna be as long as yours, I guess. I'm emotionally drained. Yeah. I don't know how well I'm gonna do this podcast. Um, but I am watching the show because of Trey. Also, he actually oh. is the one who introduced this to me. I, I didn't wouldn't be here. Trey goes, oh. I know. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, you were the reason. You brought your Blu-rays uh, over, and I started watching. And I begged Chris to watch, and he just wasn't into it. Well, that but, makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, you're the reason why we're here. Um, but yeah, I'm just emotionally drained. That was just exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I agree, it was way more crazy than the Red Wedding. I turned around, and Chelsea's face was red. Oh, yeah. Like, beet red. Mm-hmm. I That took years off my life. 100%. I was too stressed. My eyes are puffy. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the episode. I thought it was it was entertaining. I don't think it needed to be an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes. I think yeah, it, I never wanted something to end so bad in my life. Yeah, I, I felt like it got a little gratuitous with some of its like mm-hmm. silhouette death shots or not death shots, mm-hmm. silhouette fighting shots, you know, fire in the background and, and people clashing because it was kind of mm-hmm. hard to follow. Um, yeah. So the moment to moment battles, I don't know if I'm as excited, but the key moments where it actually slowed down and was coherent and there was some emotional weight to the fights. 
that was rewarding and as you said emotionally draining i agree i kept telling chris i just need a break mm -hmm. i was like i need a break from this just something like a calm scene yeah it's like slightly more calm yeah because it, it is it, i'm so used to to fight scenes where there is this rhythm of like uh you know there's these peaks and valleys where things change the tide changes but of course given the enemy that they're fighting there is no tide to change it is just this constant death march and so you're just sitting there kind of like drained the entire time. But uh, it's harder to get into any more detail without actually spoiling it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, I was about to actually make a point that I realized would be a spoiler. So let's roll that spoiler clip real quick and and, and save everybody. <laughs> All right. Start talking. So this is, this is your warning. If you are not caught up with Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3, turn around now. Uh, because starting after this little jingle, we're gone. Stop it! You're spoiling it! You're spoiling everything! Okay, we're in spoiler zone. Spoiler zone! Spoiler zone! Um, I just want to make a, a quick point before we um, before we get into the nitty gritty and, and start dissecting my notes. Um, I would say my my interest in this episode was really, really high. Um, right around that first part where the swords are lit, everything's crazy. And then I'll talk, I'll talk more about my, my decline through the battle scene. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a steep incline back to interest whenever Arya is in the library scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what, that's where I came back in. So I definitely agree. It was a little gratuitous. I didn't want to say that before the spoiler break, because obviously, you know, it, hard to define right it, it's hard to it's hard to duck around that but uh jesus man um yeah so i just wanted to say i do agree the the battle scene was a little too heavy for me like there were there were many points that i was like what in the what in the hell is going on yeah i don't understand it's like how many uh, times can we have the slow-mo shot of men going at it with not any kind of detailed mm -hmm. picture of who's who yeah and it and it loses its you know, because like that that approach cinematically is really great because it it starts to like you you get a sense of, or at least I personally get a sense of like the chaos and the pandemonium. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but to me, but yeah. I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? All I was gonna say was all of that chaos and pandemonium loses its edge the more you show it. And I was just like, yeah. I'm fucking confused. I don't want to watch anymore. It, it's because with the, with fight scenes you are telling a story visually and if the visuals are impaired and there's no uh clearly defined set of characters in a particular scene then you're not really telling anything it's like watching a uh, a planet earth documentary with no commentary yeah it's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful but what are we what are we following along and so i think this episode fails at telling a story visually but whenever it does take the time to tell the stories of like Liana Mormont or uh, Theon oh, yeah. or um, uh, oh god I'm forgetting his name with uh, Danny da, 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 Jora 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 or Arya these mo when it actually tells those stories it worked really well and which makes me feel like it didn't need to be an hour and twenty minutes it could have totally condensed this down but yeah I'm jumping around obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's hard I, not to. I agree, though. I think it. I think they were definitely going for the whole like, let's let's see how far we can push this battle scene. Mm -hmm. um, felt 
eh, I don't want to say it felt cheap, but no. Um, I I feel like I felt when Joffrey died, um, because we had we had Joffrey built up all these what was it three seasons four seasons when he died, um, you know you built him up to this monstrosity of a character. And then to have him just kind of go, you know, among his family being poisoned and not really knowing who did it, it just felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath you. It didn't feel mm-hmm. satisfying because we never, we didn't get to see any of our good characters do it. And even though we get to see Arya, uh, I think we already mentioned Arya take out the Night King, it felt like we had built up to this grand moment with the Night King and it's just kind of like over really quickly. Like I, yeah. I wanted to see some more ebb and flow between the Night King and our are good characters and not just that one hell mary from aria because it's cool but i think they could have done it a little bit better regardless though i was shocked Mm -hmm. i was in disbelief it it caught me off guard so they did a great job of that i didn't expect that at all i will say even though it wasn't as satisfying it was good that i didn't expect her to be the one Mm -hmm. i guess um but i loved it as just just to to pull back for a second um In terms of flow, the last episode that we recorded, the last podcast episode, rather, um, what, what did you think about following my notes? I, I liked it. I, I feel like I'm jumping yeah. around. We need to we need to go back. Well, I, so so I, I wasn't saying that to like lead you. I just wanted to say like um, I have so much to say, and I'm actually like I, I don't even like I'm reading my notes and I'm just remembering things I want to talk about. So if we're if we're okay with the format, I kind of want to pull it back and let's step do that through it logically. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start let's from the beginning. Through. Because, oh my God, there were so many points in that episode that I just, like, want to talk about. Um, so anyway, the Night Rangers are exploring beyond the wall. They finally find these bot. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. We're not going to start from the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> um, to that point, just real quick, I'm a little sad we didn't see Ned. I know, I know Ned is Sans' head, but mm. I really wanted to see him come back to life. I think that would have been the biggest fuck you to me. Like, I'd have been yeah. like, oh my God god i would passed out <laughs> i even uh, would have been fine if we would have seen like after again we're skipping ahead again it's just too hard not to jump around <laughs> i totally would have been fine that after Arya kills the night king if they, it pulls a shot into the crypts and they're standing by ned's statue and you just see like bones out of the crypt like out yeah. of hanging uh, out like we don't we don't need to see it reanimated but seeing that uh, it was on its way oh my oh that would be that would break me yeah mm-hmm. God. Okay. So starting okay. from the beginning. Okay. So my very first line was was really Chelsea made a point while we were watching. Um, so the very first, I don't know if it was the very first, but one of the first shots is that they're just panning through uh, all of these characters, mm-hmm. all of these influential and and lovable and uh, just you know hard to miss characters. Um, that was, I thought it was foreshadowing. Um, at at the beginning Uh, you know i thought i thought maybe they were just like feeling us like oh yeah all these people are gonna die um Mm -hmm. but the vulnerability that that introduced of everyone you love is gonna die tonight you know like no one's safe Um, yeah that was terrifying it was was a nice nice one-two punch from previous episode of getting to see them happy and then getting to see them at battle ready Um, god i can't even imagine what the show is gonna be like to watch like to go back and watch season eight from start to finish without these interruptions. It's mm-hmm. just going to oh, yeah. be an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. 
But I mean, it's it's very harrowing uh, the way that this episode opens up, because I mean, it's with Sam. He's trying to get warm and it just slowly pans through everybody, like you said. And then I think we finally get a glimpse of just the the skill of uh, army that they have waiting outside the gates of Winterfell. And mm-hmm. it, that was the um, f- first time that it really contextualized just how many people there were. Uh, yeah, for me, too. For they, this last they stand. Being- they, yeah. Oh, okay. So you mean they being the the alive? The yeah, people yeah. The alive. the, okay. uh, the Dothraki, the Unsullied, uh, the yeah, that was insane. Yeah, the North, like everybody together, standing outside the wall, and just and the, levels. the what? The levels, like how they had the Dothraki first, mm-hmm. and then the Unsullied. It's just crazy. And and so my second line is that I wrote that I miss Cal Drogo, and I wrote this before we find out what we find out, and I'll hold just put a pin in that. Um, how cool would it have been to see long braided Cal Drogo just fuck up some dead people? He probably still would have been shirtless too. That's how badass he is. <laughs> <laughs> Loin cloth and his chaps. Oh god, dude! It would have. It yeah, it really would have been cool to watch him go out in the battlefield. But I mean, I don't know how far we're skipping ahead. But what happens with Dothraki? Then maybe not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, that was and, nice. yeah, like I wrote that before I, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was insane. I didn't even know what to make of that. I so, didn't either. Do you have anything to comment on that? Because I Are we, we can we can step through my notes. All I wanted to say was I miss Cal Drogo, but we're not quite there technically. Um yeah, like, we'll get there. We're, we're stepping through my innocence right now. Um, <laughs> uh, j- just I mean, I didn't really honestly so well first, so Melisandra uh tells everybody to raise their swords right which i don't maybe i'm wrong but i feel like i I haven't i didn't trust her at all i didn't either i didn't know what she was doing see i uh, i have issues because it felt like the last time we saw her they really kind of painted her in this like oh because for my memory i could have this totally wrong but the last thing i remember her doing it was like oh yeah you totally need to burn marine so that you can win the uh not Marine, Shireen, you need to burn your daughter so you can win this war. She's wrong. And then she kind of leaves. And it's like, oh, shit. So we were instinctively not supposed to trust her. Mm-hmm. And then she returns here to Winterfell. And I mean, and she does the whole lighting the swords bit. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like it, it felt weird what they were trying to do with her character. Yeah, it, it, I agree. I, I, I guess we'll have to get to that when we get to that later on in the story. But as far as this particular moment, uh, watching all the swords be lit with fire, I loved how both the characters and even me personally, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Maybe maybe they actually do stand a chance against the 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 whites that, you know, they can have these flame magical fire swords and uh, we're going to see the, them actually put up a fight and then. It's a small uplifting moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, you know what? And the psychology of that, now that you guys both say it. Um, terrible. That in itself is a one-two punch. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. terrible. Because, like, that was such a, like, rabble-rousing, um, like, I, 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 it, it was like a morale booster. And mm-hmm. it, oh, God. they They really danced around now that i'm kind of like stepping back through it in my mind like they they did that well like yeah they they really oh, elegantly yeah. walked through 
the uh, the ebb and flow of of power struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, like not necessarily power struggle, but but um, the taking and the giving of power. Um, who's who's winning? Who's losing? And, and how it? I, I, man, jeez. To me, um, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. Well, I was just gonna say when they were when the Dothraki were running into the battle. They were. They had all their swords on fire. There was a moment where one of the Dothraki, it shows their face, and they're looking up, like he's looking up, and it made me think something huge was standing there. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, actually. And I was, was really curious. Giant? I don't know. Because she said it, but I was so fixated on my notes that I missed it. it and I, I was hoping you'd see it, it too, Trey. I did. I was like, what even is that? I did actually see it. I think I was expecting something a little bit more... Um, grandiose like i I, yes. I thought it was gonna be something like oh we've never seen this before like so yeah. that like it would add even more stakes scared. to it uh but i think chris is right i think it might have actually been one one the uh the giant the uh the giant. oh it's either it's either one one or um just the wave of the skeletons on top of each other just kind of like yeah, like a wall too. and i think that's yeah. what that was but uh, it, it was I will say this because my I mean, before we got into the spoilers, I said my biggest complaint was that um, I wasn't a fan of how it was very hard to follow along in the fights mm-hmm. because everything was all dark and and, and kind of muddy. This, mm-hmm. I think the opening scene, they actually did really well because it actually it benefited the story to be cloaked in darkness to give that feeling of fear so to see all these dothraki just you know spirits high running into the night with their flame swords and then one by one those flame swords be extinguished was such a quick visual way to just show how outmatched they were so i thought that was actually a really well done scene i did too it gave me goosebumps mm-hmm. i was so, like oh my god so you just made a you said something it was a quick little aside you said um you actually saw what the dothraki saw and you thought it would be uh, something we had, we as the audience had never seen before, right? Yep. So I would not challenge that, but I would like to propose a counter. I think it's a good reminder that some, m- most of this world, most of the characters in this world have never seen these things before. Mm-hmm. We've been exposed to the whites for how long now? I mean, so it's season one, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, season well, one technically. Technically, yeah. Did we? We no, saw the White Walker. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Well, so no, we, we have. Seen... Have we? Yeah. Remember when the the white attacks John at Castle Black? Ah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So so maybe I don't know. It's a it's a shot in the dark, but maybe that's their subtle reminder of saying like you know this is terrifying it's a great yeah that is a great way to convey it Mm -hmm. um so jorah didn't get fire (laughs) what was that about (laughs) yeah fuck jorah (laughs) that's not true i like jorah i just (laughs) the constant underdog (laughs) poor guy it really was like when hundreds of Dothraki got it to just see him and he doesn't even seem to to bat an eye which just goes to show how great a sport Jorah is he smiled he raises his sword and smiles I oh, now I want to believe like he thought he was going to get it too fire cannot kill a dragon and it will never love Jorah <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Shit. Never, no uh, one ever said that second part of the line. <laughs> so um the scene where the Dothraki do get like their fire goes out, Jor runs back, right? That was him? Yes. Who runs back to the Okay, because I couldn't tell. His face looked different. I couldn't see him. Yeah. Well well, because it seemed like he was dead, right? Yeah, I thought he was dead. Oh, I didn't even that didn't even register to me that he they would made it so his face so distorted i guess mm -hmm. it looked like he was burnt at first i was so confused yeah but i think he was just running back to alert everybody he made it out um a few horses ran back too <laughs> i don't i don't know if this is a uh oh okay now that you said the, the horse is running back that scene correct me if i'm wrong had no score no music right mm -hmm. what a haunting the whole episode what an elegant use of, of silence yeah for sure Ugh. it's very uh, effective i have a note here mm -hmm. uh, it, it was i mean like like it made me focus on my own heart rate oh yeah <laughs> um i have a note here and it might not be worth mentioning um do you do you think the fire melisandre i, I wrote fire lady i wrote can the fire lady see the future um because i'm i'm typing most of the time without even looking on my phone um so <laughs> i don't have time to Ch spell names <laughs> chelsea last week and now you this week i admire your ability to take notes because i don't know when there is time to actually break away from the screen to type yeah it's so hard yeah like, i can't i okay so if i rewind then i have to worry about timing the episode like our recording mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i don't want to push our recording back. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so I have to ask a lot of questions, but uh, most of the time I'm just not even. I, I, I like I, I just type without looking. Mm -hmm. um, I really should start with a with my computer, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't even know if this is worth discussing, but well, I I kind of know the answer. Uh, she, I don't think she sees the future in the same way that Bran does. She mm -hmm. is granted visions through the fire from the Lord of Light. Mm -hmm. That's right. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, and I don't think it's as clearly defined as Brand's knowledge. It's just these glimpses of like. She's got like an idea. Yeah. Okay. Little hints. So. Because she, because she knew she would come back to Winterfell to die. Yeah. She said, "I'll be dead by dawn." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh shit! How's that happen?" Yeah. Can we, can we talk about that real quick? Um. Did she ex? I'm I'm wildly skipping forward. Um, did she exert like all of her power, or what? What was the what was the true reason she had to die, or did she did she just decide to die? Do you have a definite understanding of this, Chelsea? Because I think I only have a fifty percent understanding. Um, at the end, is that what you are discussing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. How she just drops her crown or like her tiara? No, it was right? her necklace that oh, kept necklace. her young. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um. But yeah, I didn't understand that either. I couldn't put two and two together with that one. So, I didn't know if she drank her power. Yeah, like Chris said. So my understanding of this is, because again, Chelsea's right, the necklace is what keeps her young. Because we saw the one scene where she took off the necklace and she was this old woman that climbed into bed. Um, she, From my understanding, she is on borrowed time from the Lord of Light. Very similar to uh, Beric Dondarrion. Um I forgot who else. There, there's other people uh, that the Lord of Light has granted them extended life to f fulfill their purpose. Um, okay, this all makes sense 
now that you're saying this. And so, again, I'm skipping ahead. There's a scene where Beric is killed and oh. and uh, Melisandre tells Arya he filled his purpose. Now he can finally die. And his purpose was to save Arya. Her purpose was, I guess, to light some swords on fire. But uh, <laughs> but but after and the trench, that's true, too. After after what she does for this fight, there is no more. The work of the Lord of Light is done. So she now understands that her time is done and she just goes off and dies into the snow. OK, that makes total sense. Um, and I'm going to quote a Vanity Fair <laughs> Um, hey, this this podcast just got legit. I'm going uh, to quote a Vanity Fair blurb that I just Googled. Um, apparently, she's always, to, to direct quote, Melisandre has always talked about her purpose being tied to the Great War. Mm-hmm. That purpose achieved, she can finally rest. She can finally die, end quote. So um, I guess... I would have to go back and scrutinize, but I guess maybe she's always talked about yeah this great war. Uh, I, I don't recall has. that. Yeah, she was definitely moving people in place to mm-hmm. to fight this coming great war. And I even think with her, I don't know if manipulation of Stannis is the correct way to look at it. I, I think she was hedging her bets with him because if he became the the king of the well, king of the seven kingdoms, then he could turn his forces towards this great war so she was just trying to cut it off at the head and then eventually when that failed she turned to john who was focusing on on it solely and not necessarily the seven kingdoms fight Mm. so that's what i think but yeah her story is a story that's played out over so many different seasons and not one that we're constantly reminded of and like and like Mm, maybe this isn't true but it's like b plot mm-hmm. kind yeah of, like B, like on a grand story. scale yeah uh which now now that we've put that out there to their credit what a wonderful way to tie all the storylines back together yeah i agree mm-hmm. that is true um so if we're done with melisandre which i don't know that we are we'll um, revisit her when the, yeah yeah she's gonna come back up um I don't know if you noticed, but Ghost, the the uh, direwolf, was was charging into battle with the Dothraki. And I didn't see him come out. Yeah, I didn't see him come back either. I gotta say, I I think I pulled a showrunner. I completely forgot about him. I uh, I was supposed to be a punch at them forgetting about him for so many seasons, but I I kind of forgot about <laughs> Ghost. I forgot about Ghost um, after that initial charge. I have a yeah. I have a note way later in my notes. Uh, one of my friends, Luke, our friends, Luke, uh, texted me and said they were really saving money on CGI. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why all the dragons took place in the fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because that's um, that's kind of uh, what people were saying is like the reason that they never brought Ghost back was because the CGI to, to like animate Ghost was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe they just killed him off. They were like, just you know what? I don't want to mess with it anymore. Let's just kill Ghost. <laughs> so Aww. we don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, you fucking happy, Reddit? Good. You got him. Are you happy now? <laughs> he's gone. He's back and he's gone. He could have been with Namaria, but no, you guys had to see him again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was pretty sad. Um, man, a lot of my notes are just my 
surprise while stepping through all the episodes mm-hmm. um i literally wrote two words brian fell <laughs> because what? they were toying with my emotions this entire fucking time i thought she was dead oh it was nothing that whole battle scene was nothing but jamie almost dying and brian almost uh, dying Brienne almost dying and I, we don't even know where torment is no. like to skip ahead again oh yeah i forgot about that and i mean uh, i'm trying to figure out where i ultimately land on this because i mean if I mean, obviously war is going to be chaotic, but we are watching a narrative based thing. So you'd want to see things play out a little bit easier way to follow you. If you go back to that well of Brienne and Jamie constantly, oh, my God, they're dead. No, they're fine. Like if you go back to that well too much, it loses its meaning. And I I got to say, I'm I kind of stopped caring about some of the the big names. It's like, OK, you've done this to me or kill them or don't like I. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I if we. <laughs> If we're skipping ahead for points, I will say the way that this episode handled the main characters, I was disappointed. I, I, it got to a point where I never really felt any of them were in danger, just because yeah. of the way they were yo-yoing it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you kind of want. I mean, so there's just to set a baseline. There is the rule that if you don't see a body in film, you, you can't truly uh, assume a character to be dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'm making a, a sh- like a pot, I say pot shot. I don't know if that's the right wording. Um, I assume that if I'm seeing a character on screen, then the likelihood of that character dying just goes up. Oh yeah. Obviously. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe, maybe that's just something that they couldn't really do anything about, you know, like what, what can you do about having how do you handle a show where you have Jesus? What is it like 15, 16 characters that everybody loves? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you handle that? How do you handle a global battle scene in terms of global, you know, um, global problem or, or, or whatever? Uh, how, how do you handle showing everybody, conveying everybody to everybody rather? How do you, how do you maintain consistency with that? You know, that has to be incredibly taxing so um i don't know i would like i i want to fault him for it because i was just like you know what man like i don't i don't care you know um it'll it'll like and actually now that i say that i i noticed myself doing that during the episode like chelsea was an emotional wreck and i was just like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen right i'm just gonna have to deal with it um i don't know i'm i'm trying to answer your question how would you handle so many characters i think I if I were doing this, I would have liked to have seen a more uh, a clearer retreat, so that you're seeing them. Okay, they're outside the gates. They've broken in. Now they're inside the walls. The fight's there, and then it keeps getting pushed further and further and further till eventually get to the whispering woods. If you if you segment it that way, you could have these moments where characters are about to die. Or and whether it's a fake out or not, do once per section of the retreat. But if you just keep doing it within the same like, because I think the Jamie Brienne thing happened on that outer wall like two different times, and then eventually again when they got into the I think the section right before the Whispering Woods. I, I think I'm getting all these names wrong. I just I, it should have had a, a stronger order of events yeah. in my opinion. I, I agree, and to that point, like there was one point where like. I, I think Jorah was, was was Jorah actually outside the trench, Chelsea. Uh, 
I think he was bes like he was in the trench, but like close, inside, to the close to the yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there was a point to Trey's point, like, like he was with the hound. I was confused as fuck. Like, yeah. I oh yeah, get you it. can't like, tell I, where anybody I, was. I, yeah, it was it was just. I was chaos. freaking out. I was telling the hound to get inside because I didn't think he was safe, but he was on the inner part of where those um, archers. Yeah, those archers, like those daggers. Yeah. Whatever that was, wood, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you yeah, can't tell though. It was it was chaotic. I mean, I, and to that point, I agree. Like that that's a that's a pretty. I, my question was rhetorical, but you've answered it pretty well. <laughs> um, I guess because for me, my my. Uh, basis going into this i mentioned was the battle of helm's deep uh for lord of the rings and in that movie if you haven't seen it the way that that battle plays out it is cohesive and it has this set of, of events that are each um punctuated with major major scenes or major death scenes and so that's what i figured was going to be the kind of same format going into this which i i'm wrestling with whether or not it's fair to compare this episode to that um because you should always just base it on what it actually presented i'm just not sure if i'm happy with what was presented as a whole because there are definitely a lot of great moments but um the the actual fighting i think could have been a little bit more cohesive i'm saying the same thing over and over again now that i no, think no 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 one more thing I want to throw into it just to see how you two react is um, so there's a there's a pretty critical point where Grey Worm makes the call to uh, collapse the trench and or collapse the bridge crossing the trench and light it on fire, mm -hmm. which we'll get more to that because there's a there's some con conflict surrounding that. But Grey Worm, so so we've already we've already predicated this on chaos. You know this whole battle scene is just fucking chaotic. So. There's a critical point where Grey Worm makes the call to basically sacrifice the Unsullied, in, in my understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, he just fucking leaves him out in the lurch. And um, and all of... I, I, I distinctly remember that happening somewhere around the point where we see that happen, and then we see Jorah. And it maybe I wasn't following well enough, so, so keep that in mind, you know, because I was taking notes while I was doing this, or while I was watching. But that happened, and then due to the chaos i was like well where's jorah where's the hound where's Tormund? where's brienne where's jamie you know like where are all these fucking people um i okay i just said all that to like to make an argument <laughs> against the showrunners but now that i say it like it only ties back into me being like god that's good you know like they really they really like led me to water with that now that i think about it because like I felt the panic that mm -hmm. you would probably feel in that moment. That's now that I think about it. And that's where I I'm struggling because yeah, I mean, obviously war is chaos. If we are going to go by that, they depicted chaos, but is it narratively satisfying? That's narratively. I agree. Narratively. Okay. So that's a really good point because narratively it pulled me out of the story. Mm -hmm. um, I checked out and I, I was no longer able to suspend my disbelief. Um, I pretty much re I, I resigned to whatever is going to happen will happen, and I just need to be here for the ride. What about you? Um, no, I was hiding my face, but I wanted <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything. But I was just so invested, and I'm emotionally scarred now, so I was very invested. Sure. Yeah, I'm just I grow so close to characters, and anything I watch, especially a season full of eight, like full 
like eight seasons Mm -hmm. and the characters are so lovable like i just get so invested i don't know to me love them too much because i i talked about like once the show kind of slowed down and told the individual stories it seems like there was a uh like two halves to this there was the first half where the chaos ultimately breaks out and it's a little hard to follow and then there's a particular moment where Arya breaks away and she's kind of going through i believe the library in in winterfell mm-hmm. and she's yes. sneaking around from that point i was brought back in because then it became a, a easier to follow situation it was Arya yeah. trying to get from one end of the library to another and even though i didn't ultimately know where she was trying to get to it was it was more satisfying to me that way yeah I agree. There was a lot of times where I just needed a break, and I liked watching the individual characters try to get away than like the whole fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading my notes, and it's. I just read a brand quote. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make three. I'm gonna verbalize three notes. Um, I already did one. So um, <clears throat> Grey Worm sacrifices the Unsullied, which is how I interpreted it. Um, which is which I think is correct. Okay, that's good. Because for context, he, he basically says, uh, light the trench. And, and we don't see him again. He, yeah, I don't think we see him. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him at the end either. Yeah, so I don't to know To be fair, it was at. fucking chaotic. Yeah. Um, so Grey Worm makes that call. Um, shortly after, which... Side note, I don't think there's much to talk about with it, but the the dragons do okay, sorry, stop for a second. So um the the literal winter coming, you know, <laughs> like the wall the wall of icy snow. Was it snow? It was like a snowstorm. It was like a it was, yeah. Yeah. blizzard basically. Yeah. Um winter finally fell on Winterfell. Which was um, crazy. Yeah, cra- crazy symbolism. And then the dragons collide in midair. Uh, dra- the dragons being uh, Drogon and uh, Viserion. Ray. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, okay. Because it was Danny and... She's died? the one. Danny's on Viserion. No. I thought Viserion died. No? No, Danny is on Drogon. And oh, okay. Dan- Drogon's always been Danny's like, yeah, muscle. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then uh, John is on uh, Ray something. I don't. It's because it's supposed to be Rhaegar's. Like Rhaegar, yeah. Yeah, so Viserion is the Night King's okay, dragon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. And uh, yeah, so John and Danny uh, collide. Rhaegal and Rhaegal. Drogon. Yeah. Yeah, Rhaegal, excuse me. And Drogon collide midair, which I don't think there's much to to discuss there but that was hectic and only further supported the chaos that i was seeing yeah um but anyway um so back to what i was going to do which is gray worm sacrifices the unsullied by lighting the trench and then aria specifically among other archers uh fires a, a an arrow at the trench and the fire just blows out which was mm-hmm. insane yeah and then um and then melisandra comes up and in a in a moment of tension which uh go, go ahead, ahead. I'll, I'll finish in a moment of tension um repeats this valyrian chant uh spell whatever and lights the trench on fire uh essentially saving the battle right yeah. which i was gonna that add f- fucking lord of light dramatic as fuck wait until the, yeah. the last yeah. minute mm-hmm. asshole timing yeah uh, and uh 
and then this is my stopping point is that uh coincidentally they all you know like the fire lights up in this moment of like uh quick victory and then all of the the whites just stop oh my god that like haunting haunting like you remember whenever the walking dead was good (laughs) 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 like i haven't felt i haven't felt that uh anxiety from a show in a long time that crazy fear yeah like it's just fear well because it's it's what makes we talked about this last episode to have an army of unyielding power organized under one person's will that is horrifying so if it was the walking dead those fuckers would keep going into the fire but to have the uh, hive mind tell them stop that is the that you're staring the inevitable in the face and the inevitable knows and it's just like oh my god so scary i'm gonna um take a quick second to to this isn't sponsored or anything. I was about to say, but, here's a word from our sponsor. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to take a quick second to to just make a suggestion to... Stamps.com. Do you hate going to the... Inv- <laughs> I was going to say the... Heard of audible.com. <laughs> I almost called the post office the envelope place. Go ahead. <laughs> um, there, there's, a, there's a Stephen King novel called Cell mm-hmm. um, that I've read several times. Really good. Um, play, plays into the whole uh hive mind thing yeah. uh it's super cool that's all i'm going to say about it um uh, if if this is your thing check it out because uh i, I mean I, I don't know it, it scratches that itch for sure you, you reminded me of it a second ago and it just needs to be said um and and i want to i want to continue uh on the fact that you you said like the hive mind just stops all of the whites and like just to to see like to see that amount of power being held back by someone equally and more so powerful um, was was such a pivotal scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it was expressly pivotal. That's probably not a right word, but uh, it had no, I, I, a lot of women. I'll, I'll back you up on that because you you have it and it's like, okay, our good guys got a little win. They have the, the trench of fire. We've slowed down the army of the dead and everything is just kind of like they get a moment to breathe and then all of a sudden you just see them one by one laying down on the fire and it's just yeah, like... Fucking, I lost it. A yeah. bridge of dead people. Yeah. Um, it becomes... A, one by one. Yeah. So I have two things written here um, sandwiching the the fact that they all stop the fire and they all just decide to like sacrifice um not even in sacrifice because they're they're autonomous you know they're mm-hmm. just driven by the the night king um so i have two thoughts i want to make um one was the fact that <laughs> sorry the fact that brand just says i'm going to go now <laughs> And then just wargs into the right, like the Raven, and then he's just gone. And the, ra- the entire episode, and the Ravens immediately get fucking roasted with fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. So I want to dissect that now. Um, I didn't think this was going to be that big of a talking point, but um, I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that he wargs into the Raven, and they all fly uh, to the back, further south. No. Right? They no. they fly up towards the Night King. But is the Night King on the backside of the? Of yeah, like the... but the Night King was like flanking the castle, right? I'm not. That's how I that's how I interpreted it. Uh-huh. Because what I what I saw 
and, and I might be wrong. It's very possible. Um, he flies over the trench. Uh, well, the way I think he did, he flies mm-hmm. over the the raven flies over the trench, flies through a path of flame, and then over Winterfell to the backside of Winterfell. Which actually, I could look up a map and see where the whispering. Um, let's see, map of Winterfell. Um, <clears throat> give me just a second. I'll, I'll try to figure out if this is if I'm wrong or maybe on to something to me it looked but, like he flew up into the back but i guess you can't really tell how big actual winterfell is i don't know i just need to know where the where the um i thought he was right here back. well i need to know where the whispering woods is because what i it might just be I called the was, god's woods i might be getting it wrong with the whispering woods yeah i'm i'm taking your lead with that one um but but what I what I think is happening is that uh, is that where it's at? I don't know. Wow. So Chelsea's pointing at a is is the the giant god tree where Bran is? Is that outside of the walls or is that? It's inside of the walls, as far as I know. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Our dog, our dog barked. barked. No, I was. Are you everything cool? Yeah, he's yeah. good. He just um, barked. He's a picky little dude. Um. So I guess I guess that makes sense. I mean, that would ma- that would have to make sense that Bran was outside of the walls, um, because they did make a note to say that his position was vulnerable, all that stuff. Um, anyway, agree to. Di- I'll I'll concede because I'm not I'm not 100 percent positive um, whether the Night King was. I, I interpreted it. To, to tie a bow i interpreted it that he was flanking winterfell mm-hmm. um they were obviously you know the whites the 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 dead were coming from one angle and i thought it was a great distraction so i'm not i'm not entirely positive that that's true um but um another well first before i move on to my other thought uh which is going to be a, a tangent it's just going to be like a hard stop do, do you have anything to add to that like how freaking weird brand is i just i don't know what brand's ultimate goal was like what is warging into the crows to discover the night king and then stay warg the entire episode do like what was his plan i was trying to figure that out the whole time i was like why why is he gone like he's just not there yeah because he's not he's not relaying anything yeah he's just there doing brand doing nothing i mean maybe because so what i what i recall is that um if he wargs for too long the the night king can like connect with him right Mm -hmm. so maybe and this is a stretch maybe it was a a a potential distraction for the night king kind of luring him in yeah, maybe not luring him in. Yeah, actually, yeah. Now that you say that, maybe it was just to say like, "Hey, I'm over here." You know, like I'm I'm vulnerable. Why would he want to be vulnerable? I don't know. And if now he that you know- say that, I I wonder if he wanted to be vulnerable so he knew somebody was like maybe him? Arya. Was that's like, I think that's what it is. Not. Maybe he knew what was going to happen and he wanted to feign vulnerability to give Arya the upper edge. Yeah, cuz he can see what how it happens, right? Which is true. Um, because he, he tells Theon, I'm jumping way ahead, but he tells Theon, you're a good man. Thank you. Um, 
And it's pretty clear at that point that he knows what's going to happen. He could have said, well, yo, Theon, fucking hold out for a couple seconds. Arya's on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he like, knows what's going to happen. So maybe that's the point. Maybe he... Ugh. Maybe he knew how it was going to end the whole time. I guess that's something we find out next episode, maybe, or in episodes to come. I hope they wrap that up. And to your point, um, or kind of to your point, where the fuck is this show gonna go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that the Night King was the end all be all, and, and they just maybe now it's just the battle of for the throne. And that's why I feel very worried about the first two episodes, very much laying out the plans between John and Danny. Yeah. I don't even think Cersei's gonna be our final boss. No. Oh shit! I I really don't. I think I think she's another red herring along with the Night King. Yeah. Um. No, I just think it's like God. a fight between Danny and yeah. John. That's a that's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. But I guess we can hold that because we still got a lot to go through with this particular episode. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. Uh, I think. Yeah, okay, I just found a, uh, okay, so I just found a mm. map of Winterfell, and uh, what is Very the... interesting. I, I gotta figure out what this tree is called. The the Werewood. The Werewood tree. Mm-hmm. I think okay, Whispering so... Woods might actually fucking be Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I'm gonna look that up too. Whispering uh, Woods. Let's see. Where... Where is the Werewood tree? The Werewood tree uh, is a species of deciduous trees found in Westeros. Now most... That's not helpful. Um, I don't know. Um, it would take me too long, I think, to figure out where the hell it is. But anyway, I found a... Um, and I'm going to drop this to you real quick. I found a map of, um, of, of Winterfell... And it clearly shows the weirwood tree within the walls of Winterfell, yeah. which is super interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, gated. It's gated, essentially. It's I don't know why gated. it's interesting, but it is interesting. Um, I guess you don't expect it to be. It looks like, see, it's gated around really close showing in the map, but I feel like it's in the woods. Actually, that makes sense because John um, landed. Uh, on the perch. Yeah, on the wall. He, uh... he like, perched the dragon. Um, so I'm in a... If if we're not uh, if we don't want to dissect how weird Bran is and how weird that whole thing was anymore, I'm gonna throw something out there because I don't know what it means. Um, <clears throat> so obviously there was a reanimation. Like I said, this is gonna be a tangent. There was a reanimation of the mountain. Uh, what is he? Is he a white? You know, like I don't think so because a white is a reanimation from the Night King and the. I, yeah, I agree. And the mountain was reanimated by um, Maester uh, Weirdo. We found out his name yeah. in the first episode. I can't remember what it's called. I can't either. I could probably find it in a second. Uh, but yeah, so I was just, it was a thought I had. Like, like, what what is he? Does Which actually, so now that, you know, now that we've seen the episode, I wrote it because I was thinking like, this shit's, like, surely this is going to get left on a cliffhanger, which would have pissed me off, by the way. I would have come to this episode of, the podcast armed with like some curse words uh if they'd have left me on a cliffhanger when all the white walkers were walking towards the gates i thought that's where it was going to end 
because I, I yeah, purposely stopped looking at the time because I didn't want to know how much time was left because I knew about how long it was going to be, but I didn't I didn't want to do the math. I wanted to just kind of live in the moment. Yeah, we took a separate approach. We watch on um, we watch on an Apple TV. Uh huh. And uh, and the Apple TV does a really interesting thing where you can see how much time is left in an episode and more specifically when the episode's going to end. So I knew it was going to end at nine thirty three, <laughs> and I. I knew, you know, I was like, I can tell, like, we're not at the end yet. Yeah. Uh, can I interrupt real quick? Yes. Um, Trey, you were right. The Whispering Woods is in Game of Thrones. It was the forest that takes its name from the Battle of the Whispering Wood in which the army of Rob Stark must whisper as they wait to ambush Sir Jamie Lannister. Oh. So you were right. Interesting. So I it's, had to look it up. It's, it's not the place in Winterfell, but it is a place in, yeah, in Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not Harry Potter. Not Harry Potter. Shazam. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so as far as the mountain being a white, I don't know. It was just a, a thought. I, I, I thought they were going to cliffhanger this episode, and I was like, well, what the fuck's he going to be doing? Because he's like this weird, creepy bastard who hasn't talked since he's been reanimated. Mm-hmm. He's got to be <laughs> Which, something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, um, I mean, if we're going to get to King's Landing and he's just not there, and I don't see that. Like, I can't see the mountain not being handled uh, on screen and if he is a white killing the night king would have taken him off screen i just it, it i can't see them doing that yeah um so we uh just to step us forward we got a point or, or we got to finally see the weapon that uh gendry made for aria mm-hmm. oh it was so crazy which was yeah, yeah, crazy. It's a great way to put it. Which I want to do a follow up because I I know Chelsea and I talked about this last time where I was worried that we were watching Arya train for so long and I wanted there to be a good payoff. I will say watching these fight scenes with her, she really like it's cool how oh, yeah. badass of a character Arya has become. Yeah, I agree. It was amazing to see her go through all that and fight. It was insane. Mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, holding my breath. And um, did she lose that sword in the fight? She didn't have it at one point, so I'm guessing she lost it. She uh, didn't lose she it, but she in, right? she did separate it at a certain point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, only yeah. had the dagger part, the end, the small part. No. So the no. dagger. Well, I think you're talking about the dagger she kills the white, the Night King with. Mm-hmm. Uh, she picked that up at oh, another point. Yeah. Too much going on. Her weapon was gone at some point. You're right. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it at some point. Did, Actually, was that she was in the library? She didn't have it. Did she give she a, a part of it to Sansa? Oh, uh, no. No, because no, that happens. I don't know, actually. She gives that her a different she... dagger. Yeah, because that was she gave her the sword, and then we see the fight scene with her having the actual thing. That I think when she falls, she loses the weapon, and then she runs into the library. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, because... When she was falling off of the ledge. She yeah, didn't have because it. when she kills the white, the Night King, she kills him with, a, with just a dragon glass dagger okay, like nothing yeah, it special it had to be dragon glass yeah um actually was or... it dragon glass was it valerian steel or was it dragon glass uh, i think it was she... dragon glass pretty sure it was dragon glass yeah it had to be what he was born with like what the children of the forest made him with he had to be killed with so it was dragon glass okay pretty sure um so um <clears throat> just just stepping through uh I, I want to point out how I wrote this. Um, Liana Mormont gets giant spained. 
which is um, th- through the story, the the uh, the dead breached the walls of Winterfell, um, which was just fucking heinous. Like that was pandemonium. Yeah, it was um, horrific. And this this giant just like brushes her off, Liana Mormont. She and, uh, takes a hit. Yeah, Man. and so I wrote the note. Liana gets giants baned, and then I, I wrote, "Wait, she fucking rules," <laughs> and that is because she, like, in a moment of valiance, gets up and like. So two things: she gets, she stands up, and proves that she is the insane character. Like, she's always been super confident and and just a, a firecracker. And so she gets like nearly destroyed, stands up, lets out this, yeah, this insane battle cry. And then, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. Basically just gets picked up by this giant crushed. And during her crushing moment, stabs this giant in the eye with dragon glass, um, which was insane. I, that, uh, that's the moment I cried in this episode was watching. Yeah. And, and good point because, she got the the biggest, in my opinion, on screen on screen death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you have seen that coming? Mm, no, not not mm-hmm. not in the way that it happens. Not the biggest. I think I expected her to die, but I didn't expect it to be the biggest yeah. death on screen. I didn't expect anything at all out of her. She <laughs> to me is like she's a great character, but she's not a main character. Mm-hmm. I, I think expected she, to see Jamie or Brienne or Tormund or Jorah, which I know we did see Jorah die, but yeah, um, yeah, I didn't expect her to. I, I didn't expect her death to be shown on screen, let alone be one of the pivotal death scenes. Mm-hmm. At this point, because how many people have died? It was Liana. Is this she the first big death? Um, I think so. Aside yeah, from because Barrick dies after her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Jesus. So. Um, and then and then through the story we, you know, after that kind of dies down, which um, we we see Arya in the library dodging the dead. Which I really, uh, I did like that scene a lot. That's that's where I said it felt a little more intimate with the storytelling. Honestly, kind of reminded me a lot of Jurassic Park when the kids are dodging the raptors yeah. in the the kitchen. Uh, yeah. The only thing I think I would have liked out of that scene a little bit more is maybe some kind of confirmation on what she was doing. Do we know what her ultimate goal was, or was it just survival? I think just survival, survival. at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she had she had already bumped her head hard um, i was freaking out when she hit her head i, I, I yeah. was gasping because <laughs> for me the way that they kind of pan up on that door i thought there was something like i thought she was getting to something but it i did too it, i agree i think I, it, out, I think it was ultimately just survival mm-hmm. i think she was she found herself in there thinking she was safe she saw them because she was trying to get back to her help it calm down because she hit her head really hard mm-hmm. and then she noticed they were in there and she's like crap now i gotta get out yeah it was all about just getting out of that library and i think one of the things that scene does really well is that when she first enters into the library and she's up against one of the whites i thought i was like man why is she being so cautious she can easily take down one of these whites 
and then mm-hmm. another one shows up and then another one yeah. shows up and it just slowly builds into this like chaos of having so many whites follow after her eventually as she makes her way outside the library and having them run her down through the hallways was just horrifying i know chris made a good point though he was he kept saying when she was in the library he killed he killed one of them well she killed one of them i mean really gracefully like Mm -hmm. quiet and chris said why can't he take her face and i was like that's a good point because can she not do that still or can you not do it with the dead i guess but well you were thinking she could make herself into one of them so they don't yeah no i wanted to see her like pull off a faceless like a mini face god thing Mm -hmm. um which would have been crazy it would have been crazy but i will say the i think and this is like a big like i think this is a, a total guess um i think there was a lot of prep to like being able to take on another persona because if you remember and i might be remembering it wrong but i think that they used to have to like clean the body, yeah. cut the face off, clean the face. Like I think there was a lot of prep work into doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not Maybe just an why. on the field kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can just pull a Dwight and cut the face off the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I gotta say, I thought you misspoke when you said pull a Dwight. I thought you you meant to say white, but I forgot Dwight from the office where he gets the <laughs> mannequin. <laughs> yep. Um so I wanted to make another point. Um in that scene, I thought she was gonna face a. Um, I thought we were gonna get our hearts stepped on, in that scene. Like I thought, surely we're gonna. She's gonna meet Ned, or she's gonna meet like oh, fucking yeah. um, what's his name? Rob. Uh, no, 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 not Rob. Uh, which that would have been crazy too. Uh, oh my god, the 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 king that um. Sansa was gonna marry Joffrey. What Joffrey. Joffrey. I thought surely she was gonna meet Joffrey, or like I thought we were about to get some like gasp-worthy like dead, like dead character. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't. Um, you know what we inevitably found out was that she, you know, that's a very Walking Dead thing, though. I feel like Walking Dead. Oh my god, brought but, people back. But we were expecting it. Like we were expecting someone to get reanimated. Yeah, I guess so. I really because I did. I asked, did we? Are we gonna see anybody get reanimated? And Surprisingly enough, it's still it's Liana again. That's true. That's I was just about to ask if yeah, we saw anybody get reanimated. Yeah, it was Liana. But I don't think we saw her take any action. I think she just got reanimated. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just showed her opening her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um Chelsea brought up Arya's stealth kill, like she gracefully kills one of the one of the whites. And I think the most impressive part about that is that it wasn't like a planned stealth kill. That was just her reaction. No. Yeah, it was reflexive. God. She's so awesome. Dude, what a great character. I know, I love her. Um, and then, uh, I'm just going to keep stepping through the notes. Um, she she takes cover under a table and her her blood gives her away. Her blood drips. Um, Chris said she's so quiet, but her blood is loud. <laughs> which it's kind of, I never, I guess, was attuned to how um, perceptive the whites are. Like that, know, the tiny. Very fast. Yeah. Like I didn't. Yeah, it, it makes me want to like take a second to to like the three of us define the difference between a white and a zombie, because at first my interpretation was that it is a hive mind and that it is the Night King uh, personifying all 
through the dead. You know, like he he is one with the dead and he can be everywhere at once, uh, which is not, in my opinion, outside the realm of possibility. But um, we see in this library scene that they 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 kind of just become even more autonomous. Uh, they they just go to autopilot. You know, they just kind of shuffle around. Um, they're distracted by sounds. They're distracted by smell being the scene where they smell her blood and they hear her blood hitting the floor. Um, so do you guys have any thoughts on that? You know, like, are they zombies or are, like, like, are they being controlled or what, what is that? I think it's two phases. You have your basic zombie mode, which is what we've always known, which is the attracted to sound and, and eating or consuming the living. But they also have the hive mind mode where if the Night King or any of the other White Walkers needs to take control of them and wield them, they can. But if left to their own devices, again, they're on their autopilot. Yeah, I, yeah. I think when it's quiet and there's nothing going on, they're just autopilot. But like chaos ensues, they're charging at whatever they're supposed to be charging at. Yeah, I agree. With like, you. Yeah. like when they had them all launching themselves up against the wall and climbing on top of each other to get over the wall. That's that's the the White Walkers wielding them. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, and so just an aside, um, obviously. Uh, uh, I guess they're not a zombie in the typical sense that they don't try to eat the, mm -hmm. the living, right? I think it's just so, kill. Yeah, because yeah. they're just stabbing. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. which I, I guess is a good point you bring this up because I think we watched Sam get bit. I, yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean Sam is going to become a zombie. It's just mm -hmm. they're trying to kill them. Yeah, I watched Jamie got. Uh, she got bit too, right? Who did? Jamie. Jamie? Oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, she. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you threw me off there. It was either you were talking about Brian or Jamie, but I just went with what name you said. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not okay still. When I saw Best Taking Back Sunday song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if that was intentional. If they if they purposely threw in Sam getting bit just to kind of toy with us, like a like a pseudo homage to George A. Romero kind of shit. I don't know if I mean it is it leaves because if if there are people like me who do feel a little empty with how quickly the White Walkers and the Night King were dealt with it could be one of those things where we face off with Cersei John and Daenerys have their fallout and then we're left with oh here's Sam who is now realizing that he's being turned into a White Walker because of the bite and the cycle will continue like it could be one of those bittersweet ah. endings but we don't know yet. Well, the last thing we saw of Sam was he was laying there on top of a bunch of dead people, just exhausted. Mm -hmm. So he looked fine. Yeah. He was just laying there just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is still happening. Like, this is it. But he lives. But yeah, I just don't know. Oh. I just, um, I just looked something up. The whites do use teeth as weapons. Uh, they bite, scratch, claw, and jump on people. I'm quoting, sorry, excuse me. I'm quoting a website called Quora. Quora? Um, specifically, uh, this was answered by someone named Susan Bertol Bertolino. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point is in uh, season seven, episode six, the hound was bitten on the hand and captured, or, or, or bitten on the hand by a captured white, which is, I'm assuming, the one that they show Cersei. Um, and uh, Susan Bertolino makes this 
incredibly good point. The show wants you to ask the question of whether or not the hound is going to be affected by that bite on the hand, um, which is probably the same reason they're doing it for Sam, uh, doing it for for possibly Jamie. I'm not sure if he got bitten or not, Brian, but they're sorry, they're Brian. Brian. Yeah. Uh, so possibly for Brian. Um, interesting, super interesting. But essentially, she says that they he, they don't turn. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Yeah. Okay. They're just clawing them and biting them to get them worn down. Because it's not a kill. disease. It's no. A, it's a super supernatural. Yeah, it's not a disease. Raising from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least we know that, or we think we know that. Yeah. All signs um, point to it's not. They don't come back. Because so dead. to step logically next um, through the story, uh, we do see Barrack die Which... in a. I want to go ahead and preface this because we did skip over something. Um, so obviously with the way that they are fighting against the dead, they have lit up fires all around Winterfell, uh, which is an incredibly crippling weakness for the Hound who suffered his fate. Oh, that's such a good point. He suffered wow. his fate with his brother pushing his face into a fire. And so he oh, has okay. had this this crippling fear of fire for so long so we see this scene where he's cowering because he doesn't want to go out into the fight. And he's like, what does it matter? We're going to fucking die. And Barrick uh, turns to him and says, well, tell that to her. And it cuts to Arya going into the library, which is basically the hound's call to action. Um, oh. I like how that that sets in motion to what you're bringing up with Barrick dying. Um, it put two and two together with that trade yeah, i'm the just the fire thing was lost on me yeah uh-huh. me too i didn't even think about that i thought he was just exhausted and just like what's the point like just down mm-hmm. yeah he wow. he was he it it's so gratifying to me that his feelings for aria trumps his fear of fire and i uh, i thought that was a really cool moment for him and i kind of thought that was signaling his death but clearly not yeah it was barracks i guess but um just to stop for a second, I clicked on an article because I have Google open on my computer. Um, the woods where the werewood tree is is called the God's Wood. Of Winterfell. Mm. An hour later, I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, title of our spinoff podcast where we discuss, <laughs> discuss TV shows. An hour later, we have an answer. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so, um, so as you said, we see Beric die. Um, which was his purpose all along brought back from yeah and then Melisandre yeah. points out that that was the reason uh, why he was brought back he, just such good writing mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, which is also coincidentally the point where Melisandre describes or, or, or points out that Arya was told she would shut uh, many eyes, many eyes. forever mm-hmm. and then she says brown eyes green eyes blue eyes um which was such a cool wake up not necessarily a wake up call, but it was like a reinvigoration of Arya, who has been just beaten down and scared and and just kind of ready to throw in the towel and to have melisandre put that fire in her was awesome yeah to see it come back into her yeah it was amazing and then and then melisandre says what do you say to the god of death I think it was. I think that was the quote. Yeah. yeah what, what do you say to the god of death? death? And then Arya says, "Not today." Such a she really cool away. moment. Yeah, it really was. Um, but you're wondering where she's running to. Yeah, I didn't. Um, In the moment, you. I mean, know. did did you both 
whenever she said she was going to shut blue eyes, did you both get that she was destined to kill the, the Night King? Um, in that moment, no. I thought she was just killing a lot of whites. What about you, Trey? I did only because I can't remember if it was you or, or Chelsea that brought up the theory that um, did Game of Thrones just set up Arya killing the Night King when we asked yeah. what the weapon was. So whenever they whenever they said that, that's where I kind of like, okay, yeah, we're this is where we're moving towards. I didn't think that. Um, I don't know what I thought. I didn't. I thought it just meant she was killing a lot of whites, and she ran off, and I thought, oh, she's about to go back into battle and just fight mm-hmm. her hardest. Well, I, I will say, I mean, that was my subconscious thinking. My yeah. just conscious was like, yeah, she's being reinvigorated to go continue the fight. Like it wasn't like. I don't think it, it was, we were ever supposed to read explicitly that, oh, here comes the Night King death. It was just like, you know, she wanted to give up, but not today kind of thing. Yeah. She was running away with a purpose for sure. I just didn't know where. Um, I, I might have skipped over some stuff. The next note I have is that Daenerys um, <laughs> calls out the the most, like, just the best Dracarys mm-hmm. of, of the entire series. Crazy insane. Um, I feel like it's important to note that I was writing my notes in real time. So I thought that her Dracarys on the Night King was going to be like, like, oh, cool. Daenerys is the one who kills the Night King. And then uh, we find out that that smug fucker. <laughs> oh, man. His, his little smile. I hate him. And oh, and then um, I'm gonna make this point, and I'm gonna stop. Uh, and then I write that John is going to fight the Night King, and then the motherfucker gets a smirk again. The motherfucker being the Night King, he raises the dead, and then just kind of like laughs off John. Turns around and walks away. I will yeah. say, I again because it goes back to whenever it, the the episode takes the time to still to tell these uh, intimate stories that scene of watching John just running, trying to get to the Night King before all the dead were raised is such a cool scene. And then the camera kind of pans out where you see the Night King on one side and John running and all the reanimated corpses. And it's just like, God, like that, that this, that is what made me love the episode. Cause I do have a lot of faults with it, but those moments are the ones that I really enjoyed about this. Yeah. That was a crazy moment. It, I wasn't breathing. I was holding my breath the whole time. It was insane. Sorry, I'm, I'm making noise. I'm, I'm shuffling through my uh, through my drawer real quick. I was trying to find some headphones for Chelsea. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, I, I, I thought we were going to see uh, John fight the Night King. And, um, and then... Excuse me. I had a theory, and um, I wanted to uh, put it out there. Um, I wrote that what is dead may never die. And I attributed that thought to John, um, which is, which is, uh, I mean, he's dead already. So, yeah. you know, what what if what if there's something there obviously like i said a many a many times i i was thinking that um 
you know, I, w- I was just kind of trying to make sense of the episode as I watched it. Um, what if, what if there's something there? Uh, and, and obviously now that, now that we've seen the episode pan out, we know that there's probably not much stock in that theory, but I was wondering, and it might be worth talking about, uh, John's died already. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like, did he have some sort of immunity with the Night King? I mean, I, could he have, could he have some immunity elsewhere? I don't think so, but I do think we need to ask if Barrick and Melisandre were on borrowed time from the Lord of Light. John is also on borrowed time. Why is he still around? Like, what did the Lord of Light bring him back for? Oh, shit. If, That's a really good point. If not for the this great war, what's next? That's a that's a, a great point. Do because um, I mean, is it was it like, okay, I'll bring you back, but just until you do my bidding, or it's like, all right, I brought you back, do what my bidding, and then you get to live for as long as you get to live. Like, are, are we supposed to infer that John still has a purpose left outside of just you know stopping evil? I mean, maybe his purpose is the fact that he is the true heir to the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I mean that's <clears throat> excuse me that's a thing you know um, Melisandre called uh, which let's let's take a step back I don't recall when when did Melisandre and Arya meet for the first time um, I think it was when Arya makes it to the wall it was when she was on the run and everybody was calling her uh, Aerie because they believe she was a boy and then they make it to the wall ah okay all right so maybe yeah then i mean i'm just i'm back to my original point is maybe maybe um maybe there isn't a a finality on john's life you know maybe Mm -hmm. he is he was brought back to life because he has greater purpose and that purpose is to rule the seven kingdoms or something like that
Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Either way, that's insane. I never thought about that. I mean, it's, it's so it's, interesting. Yeah, it's a great theory. Yeah, it really I, is. It's a great thought. Uh, not, yeah. It's not a theory. It's it's just a it's, thought. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, it makes sense because everybody has already uh, bent the knee for John, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then there was tension with Danny and a lot of, like, like Sansa's going to, um, which, shit, who's, who's even around to, to bend the knee at this point? Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, in such John fashion. They, they they win the Great War. They I'm assuming they go on. They beat King's Landing. He's like, all right, I'm the king now. And then he's like, all right, I'm dead. And they're like, fucking John. <laughs> he did it to us again. Oh, no. It's going to turn out that he's the Night King. That's the only logical <laughs> elevated title he can get. Oh, no. Oh, man. Crazy. Um, Oh. Oh, fuck. Wait a second. Okay, so um so I just googled something because I wanted to be prepared for the very last thing that we talk about and it just uh it just introduced more craziness. <laughs> uh so I so um if you keep in time as a listener, we've got uh we've got a few more things to talk about, but ultimately the episode is is within its last throws um but i googled um who taught aria the dagger drop because she um you know has a has a sweet little move that she ends the night king with um she kills the night king with Littlefinger's dagger did you pick up on that trey i did not i didn't either either. which that's the dagger that was used to um Oh god, it's a very famous dagger because it was the one that Oh, it was the one that they sliced Catelyn's hand with when they try oh. to kill Bran. And so oh. Catelyn stops it. He she gets cut on the hands, they find the dagger, they assume the dagger is the Lannisters because that's what Littlefinger tells them. And then that I think Littlefinger keeps it, and then I guess she keeps the dagger when she kills Littlefinger. No, no, no. So little. So I'm reading a. I, I'm. I'm going to quote an Esquire uh, article now. Um, in season seven, Littlefinger gives the dagger to Bran Stark, who then gives it to Arya. And so Bran had it then her. Yeah, which okay. I don't actually recall. Neither. Um, and then to quote Esquire, in hindsight, probably because. Oh. Okay, so to quote. Uh, Littlefinger gives the dagger to Bran Stark, who then gave it to Arya, in parentheses, in hindsight, probably because he knew she'd kill the Night King with it, end quote. That's insane um, to think about. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. That's nuts. God. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so that's crazy. Uh, that's a lot to think about. Um, I don't know if there's much to dissect there, but but wow. Bran is just um, so um i've got a few more things um to to talk about drogon i I don't know if he died or the dragon i don't know if he died or not did he die i don't know everything to do with the dragons was very hard to follow for me uh i think what i remember so essentially what happens danny lands on the outside of the gate because she lays down cover fire literally uh to save john john goes off to continue fighting within the winterfell gates um at, she lands and the whites basically pile on to drogon and she yeah. eventually gets knocked off and drogon launches himself into the sky and does this shimmy to kind of like get everything off 
and I think he successfully gets everybody off. So he's at least damaged, but I don't think he died. No, because he came back when Jorah didn't. I think it was him who came back when Jorah was like dead. Yeah, and um, he came and laid his head down by Damon. That's yes. true. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think he's still alive. Well then, well then, where's uh, the other dragon? He turned him in. He died. The other one died. The one that John was on. Did he? I yeah, think that's why he. The other dragon came back and started. There was two. Right. So the first Did one was killed in the fight. The first one that the Night King had when they were fighting the got Sirion. bit by John's dragon, Rhaegal. Rhaegal, yeah. And then, so the Night King dragon died. The first one. And then John's dragon died. I'm losing my train of thought. Is that I, right, Trey? Do you remember that? I because there was another one who came back when John was at the very end when John was in Winterfell and he was trying to get to Bran. There was that dragon. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know if it was Rhaegal or still Viserion. It, I don't think it was clear because my understanding was that uh, Viserion ends up dying because John's dragon like destroys him. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought John's dragon also died in the process. But maybe whenever they revived all the corpses, that also brought back oh. the dragon. But that would have brought back two dragons, mm. not just one. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, Again, sure all the all the dragon stuff was so confusing. It really was, yeah. Very much so. Um, I wanted to bring up another point. Um, I'm I'm not sure the timeline's kind of messy. Uh, because I didn't actually write it down, but I had the thought was whenever we start to see um, Tyrion and Sansa in the crypts while everything is just going fucking crazy, which, by the way, um, well, okay, I said that very matter-of-factly, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull it back. Uh, nobody knew that the Night King could... Did anybody know that the Night King could revive the dead? Yes. Oh, yeah, they? they did know. Yeah. So why the fuck would they send people into yeah, the crypts? It's a glaring. Oh, well, let me rephrase that. We know as viewers, they, I don't know, John at the very least should know because he was at hard home when the Night King did the very same move. But nobody warned anybody about that. Interesting. There, there was some room for interpretation on whether or not you can, the Night King could revive people he didn't personally kill. So we had never seen that, but obviously knowing what we know now, he can revive any kind of dead. Yeah. So my point, I thought that, um, I thought that we were going to see, uh, like, like there was this, this little moment between Sansa and Tyrion where Tyrion kisses Sansa's hand. I cried during that, by the way. I for sure thought they were about to double suicide. I thought so too. And it was very it was a very emotional scene that was uh predicated on their kind of funny back and forth about being married, how they should have stayed married together. Yes. And Sansa throws out the well, you were the best of them, and he goes, How tragic for you. Like that, like that little moment was kind of heartwarming in a weird Game of Thrones way. And yeah. then at the end, when you think they're about to kind of double suicide, like it's just like this is kind of fitting, like to have them two together. I loved it though. It was sad. I was waiting for them to both go out. I'm being honest. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure in the sequence of events when that happens. Um, but it was. It was definitely like I, the, the Crips thing. Y you said 
maybe you explained yourself out of it, but you said gla- it was a glaring, and then you caught yourself. Was that a glaring pot- plot hole? Not a glaring not? plot hole, a glaring um, oversight in their planning. Like, somebody okay. should have known that that was okay. not a good idea. Which we completely yeah, missed, I, by the way. We didn't mention that last week. Uh, it, it, and it was something that, that Reddit has definitely... Um, you know, the hive mind that is Reddit, they have definitely put that into the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read it plenty of times. I'm surprised we didn't say anything. Um, so, Bran, like, if if his raven that he wargs into got toasted in the in the dragon fire, where the fuck was he for the entire episode? Like, I don't what know. What was he doing? What, like what what good did he offer and, the entire time and because we're kind of getting to the point where it's the reveal that Arya kills the night king you know they have this dramatic moment where the night king is slowly walking up to bran i was as like okay here we're gonna figure out what the hell bran was doing but yeah. it's honest like it nothing like he did nothing he was just waiting I guess. i'm gonna try to make i'm gonna try my best to make a joke right now um have you ever have you ever shot a slow-mo video on your phone and then accidentally, instead of making part of it fast, made the entire thing slow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what that whole scene felt like to yep. me. Like, the Night King walking up, I was like, shit, they forgot to speed it up in certain parts. <laughs> I will say, though, because if I'm remembering it correctly, that is a scene that is um, backdropped against the beautiful piano music. Uh, yeah. That, that was pretty... Um, effective if if it weren't for them going to that well too many times i i I still was moved by it but they had already kind of shot that that mark a little bit too much um but i mean it really it really was nice to have that piano music as a backdrop for everything that was happening yeah added more to my emotions which really uh... i think we kind of stepped over theon dying in that moment not they, yet. Not yet. No. Okay. So, logically, I was stepping through that. Bran is just fucking sitting there with his eyes white, um, and and Theon is just just tearing him down. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. He was just proving himself Dude. again. I just loved it. He's completely redeemed himself. I think. I was just about to say his character journey. Um, Amazing. I, I, the best I, one, I think, in my opinion. I, yeah, I would. I, I think I would agree with that. I've uh, and the look on his face, man, when Bran says, "You're a good man, Theon." Like just tears rolling down. Oh, got me. Everything he needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Everything. Oh, I think, to think about. I think I've I've spent a good deal of this podcast stroking the ego of the writers, um. But I just I, I want to do it one last time, and say that Theon's character journey. We've we've hated him, we've loved him, we've uh, we've vilified him, hated him again, hated him again, pitied I mean, him, pitied him. Yeah. We've we've um, I, I mean it's it's crazy, you know. I, I mean, um, I was gonna make a point earlier and I and I didn't make it just a minute ago with the whole like glaring plot hole thing. Um, dare I say, do these writers even? make plot holes <laughs> like i mean just good god I, I i can't wait i can't wait to have game of thrones in its entirety mm-hmm. to yeah. just watch from one one to eight 
Yeah, same. From one one to eight six. I can't wait to be able to just run through it because you remember how you remember how resolute Breaking Bad was. Yeah. Um, and, and how much we praised it for for having an ending before it ever began. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this is over. I mean, I'm I'm speaking way ahead. Like we could get pissed off and hate the show, um, but I think it's pretty safe in the Hail Mary now, like in the end game, to to be able to say like I think this is gonna this is gonna be Breaking Bad for people who are not satisfied with Breaking Bad. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm so impressed with with the writing of the show. I don't know if I have much more to add. <laughs> It's it's going to be interesting to see it all come to a conclusion. Like they they, it's their their ball game to lose now. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They've mm-hmm. they've uh, they've definitely, um, they swung for the fences and they have they have driven the ball over several fences already. <laughs> so, I fully expect them. I mean, I, my my one redeeming factor is this is the same show that delivered me the red wedding. Mm-hmm. So they can, they can really fuck me up without, without doing it with zombies. And that's what I find kind of amazing that we have dealt with this existential threat in episode three. And we have three episodes left to deal with the political drama and fallout. I don't know. I get, I think it was a red herring. I really am kind of even more worried about where this is going to go from here. I am too. I think. Very yeah. Much, yeah. I mean, the question is like, what's the, what's the metaphor there? You know, like. Cause the whole point was that our petty squabbles will be the end of us because this existential threat, which has always been coming, but we've always ignored is on our doorstep. And if we don't unite, then we will fall. And they didn't unite, but they didn't fall. So now what is our lesson to learn? Yeah, is is life worse than death? Or is... Well fuck you. Now I'm sad. <laughs> that's, I, well, a good, I, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean Yeah, like like is none of it worth it? Uh, what, like what's the what's the metaphor? I don't want to believe that though, because that's I love uh, that scene with the uh tell that to her. The what do we say to the god of death? Not today. You, yeah, you would think this whole thing would make them think differently. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is, which is crazy. I don't know. I mean... Like, to me, the upcoming episode that they showed made it look like they're just all going to turn on Cersei because she didn't keep her word. And she's the last, I guess, threat to them now at this point since they all came together. But that's how it seemed to me. I don't know what I want. But it still seemed like they had to come up with somebody to be the true rule of the Iron Throne too. I don't know what I want either. I just want them to be happy and nice to each other. I mean, but how much is like like we've already we've already shown that they have just completely dodged our prediction. Yeah. Which is that this was like I fully expected this to be a cliffhanger episode where we stretched out the death of the Night King for the next four episodes. Mm-hmm. Three episodes now. Oh yeah. This totally um, caught me off guard. Yeah, and so I don't like as much as I think it's predictable from a from a uh, a writing standpoint. Um, I don't want to see a three way power struggle. No. Um, 
I think John has too much honor for that. And uh, I, I think that a three-way power struggle is just going to ultimately be cheap. To me, that would make me feel like this was all for nothing. Like that this episode was all for nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. Like what's the point of fighting with everybody for to come together if they're all just going to be against each other again? Yeah. That's just pointless to me. It's like, why even go through all Do you this? think they're going to use... Well, no. The I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm still gonna put it out there. The the fight, the battle was very focused on Winterfell, but do you think they're gonna show the perspective of Cersei facing whites at all? Or has the has I don't the think whites... I don't think the whites would have even reached Okay, uh, that's yeah. Yeah, they all came through Winterfell. Well, so I'll I'll propose one more thing. Whenever the Night King raises the dead to to kind of deal with John, do you think maybe he like pulled out all the stops and raised all of the dead everywhere that's a that's a crazy theory i don't think so um because if he had that kind of power then if his ultimate goal is to have a never-ending night then he would do that like from the get-go like i don't think he he wouldn't wait to use that as like a fuck you guys like he would do it from the start and you would have the the dead everywhere not just in his immediate vicinity very true. Good point. Um, <clears throat> so, I only have three points to make. Um, I feel like we're we're closing in on the end of this podcast. Yeah, um, I feel bad. It's eleven twenty, and we still got a couple more points. No, but I do have no. to edit this still. Yeah. No. Um, let's let's. I mean, they're, they're we've already done pretty much all of it. Um, Jora has just ran the ran the run for Danny. Mm-hmm. I mean, that man is the underdog of this show. Um, which of course this is in reference to his death scene. Right. Um, which it, it seems fitting for Jorah that his death scene, I'm like, I'm glad he got to see that they were successful before he died. Like it wasn't like a mid battle death. He stayed on his feet protecting Danny until the moment where they won. And then he let himself die. He's uh, sorry. Uh, um, I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, th- there's a really funny comic. <laughs> That's how I'll put it into words. <laughs> there's a funny meme, um, where where it's Jora and John, and he's just like, "Sure, take my sword, take my woman, take my life, <laughs> take all of it." <laughs> man has just been through all of it um and they still wouldn't give him a damn flame sword (laughs) the poor guy uh who got the better death scene liana easily best death scene okay her death is gonna be like told for centuries she is the next folklore in in westeros that's true she earned the name of giant spain Mm -hmm. and she did it without any milk oh okay (laughs) 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 um so uh the 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 crazy scene where the night king approaches bran bran finally met someone who stares more than he does (laughs) that was a weird exchange just nothing but staring i wanted to hear the night king speak i did too yeah i i 
you know like we've we've centered this entire not maybe this entire series around him but he's obviously uh like you've put it he and death itself are an existential threat so to not even give him any spit like like who is he you know like i guess that i guess we can kind of lead ourselves to the answer that he is not bran for sure um he's not rhaegar targaryen i guess for sure um you know but like do we get to know his backstory do we get to know who he was do we i want to know more about him other than the fact that he's just a pretty pretty solid fighter yeah it i don't know it it if this is the last we hear of the Night King, I will be disappointed. Yep. Because it's yep. just like, what was the point? What was the buildup to have him gone? Somebody, I read a comment on uh, Reddit is like this, the, the, the White Walkers were the, the 07 Patriots. They had it all and they lost it to a scrappy team that just happened to have a good day and <laughs> barely made it into Westeros. Like he barely made it in for eight seasons of buildup it's true but but i still i said it earlier but maybe i didn't say it uh in an articulate way this is still the show that delivered us the red wedding mm-hmm. so i have faith that they have spent eight seasons proving that the white walkers were a MacGuffin. yeah which is to say that they were just purely a plot device made to to push the story forward um and in some most cases, I would even say maybe not even that, you know, because they were always uh, you said it best. They were always an existential threat, but they weren't necessarily the main plot device. Yeah, um, they were a safe plot device to lean back on whenever the immediate story was not progressing quickly enough. But uh, and, and that's my own opinion. I, I don't know that we all reflect that opinion, but um, yeah, I, I, I have hope um high high hopes that they're gonna pull this one out of their ass um i I don't even know where they're i i I can't even i mean i i think i made a point on one of the other episodes that um there's an interesting like angle filmmakers play where they don't show um the goriest you know they kind of they kind of imply it to make you expect the worst. Like you, you define what is the absolute worst that you can imagine as opposed to them showing you what the worst thing is, Mm -hmm. Uh, which means that they can never reach your infinite, your infinite in your own mind of what the worst thing possible is, is always going to be worse than someone can show you. Um, I right now, that's all I can lean on is, is I'm only imagining the worst. I'm simultaneously imagining the worst and, and preparing myself for, are you fucking kidding me? You know, but um, I don't know. I just, I think they're still going to, for them to show their hands so early in the season, I think that the last three episodes are going to be mind blowing. I guess we'll, we'll see. I, I really do hope that they can find a way to bring this all together in a satisfying conclusion. Yep. Is there three or four episodes just left? Just three episodes left. Three left. Right? Yep. Uh, last point, and then And then we're done is I just have Arya written <laughs> down because she's just a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Also, who is left? Yeah, but yeah. I addressed that earlier. Uh, we don't even know who is left. I, mean, I'm, I think gonna... the only deaths were Lyanna, uh-huh. Jorah, Theon, Beric, Ed, 
I think those are the main five. I think so too. What we saw. Because even Podrick made it. Yeah, which makes me happy. Um. So, I brought something up earlier, where we found out that Arya kills the Night King with uh, Ladyfinger's dagger. Little lady finger, finger little finger. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's funny to me to call him lady finger um so uh i'm gonna attribute this it's on the uh r slash game of thrones uh subreddit by a user named flint or excuse me flynn sifo um uh made a post um that i i mirror i was looking for the answer and um this person made a post on on game of thrones subreddit and got the answer uh i was sure that i had seen Arya practice the dagger drop before um and i was wondering if there was significance to it like if maybe uh and i don't remember his name the the person she trained with uh i can't even remember his name now the, the person that taught her to fight i wondered if maybe she learned it from him serial pharrell yeah uh i don't know uh but uh, I just want to put this out there. She definitely used the dagger drop before. And uh, another user on Reddit said she did it when uh, she was training with Brienne last season. Oh. So I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what that means or does or whatever. I just, you know, the, the, the significance of seeing the dagger drop, I think we were supposed to, to get that it was Littlefinger's dagger and then also get that she had used the move before all in one fell swoop. So then I, I wonder what the point of it being Littlefinger's dagger is. Uh, I would say, based off of what I think it was Esquire, based off of the article I read earlier, I think the point maybe would be that Bran purposely gave her the dagger. Hmm. Mm. Just to show that Bran knew knew all along. You know what? I read a theory earlier, and I didn't give a shit about it. Um, that Bran would take the throne. I don't like that. Hear me out. I don't like that. Hear me out. He was a weird motherfucker this entire episode, which is not saying much because he's been weird this entire time. Um, he gave Arya Littlefinger's dagger. He gave Le- Leon. He gave Theon what he wanted to hear in his final moments. What does that have to do with him? Being He's a step time? ahead of every. He was even a step ahead of the Night King. This entire time, he knew how he knew what was going to happen. So, by that same train of thought, um, like I said, I didn't give a shit about this theory when I read it, which was only about an hour ago. Um, but now, I mean, what's what else is the point? Like, that's that's the confines. I think that might be the farthest reach of my like, what like, where are they going to bring this? Uh, you, do you think they're going to play into Brand? Because so far they've shown Brand has this immense power, but they haven't really done anything with it. I don't think so because Brand is the three-eyed Raven, and I don't think he would be caught up in anything to do with yeah. being a king. Because the three the yeah. three-eyed Raven is a, a title that persists even past the being. If that makes sense, yeah. so I think his purpose is to be the three-eyed raven, not yeah. necessarily the, the. That's a good point, but I mean, so far he's only show he's only told Sansa that she was beautiful the night that that yeah. weird dude 
raped her. <laughs> I mean, like, he hasn't really done anything of note. Has he? No, but I feel like him being the three-eyed raven is something significant in itself. Well, then we then then we're I would assume we're gonna see a payoff. There's got to be. I mean, and that's, yeah. I mean, three episodes to go. I don't know how, because um, it would even seem beyond his interest to kind of aid the political drama that's coming up now that the night the White Walkers are gone. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like, what do you do with Bran now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes me think that they're not going to have built him up this entire time just to just to be like, eh, he's not the Night King. We showed you that. I mean, you know? they did build up the White Walkers to kind of just do away with them quickly. That's true. I mean, that's a that's a maybe that's a good note to leave it on. You know, like what is what do the listeners think? Yeah, I mean, if you guys have any particular theories or how did you feel about the episode as well? Uh, we normally I say at the tapestry, but why don't we go ahead and do all our handles? That way they can uh, direct any of their questions at any of us. Cool. Yeah, please. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on where this crazy show is going to bring us. What's the what's the point of Bran? Uh, <laughs> where does where does Arya's ego go after? killing the night king i mean sam was the first to kill a white but Arya just trumped that by a mile by 10 miles so um my my twitter handle my social handle is at dear christopher um let's let's get some provoking conversation chelsea Uh, my twitter handle is chelsea allen with two n's so a l l e n n nice uh you can follow me at the tap stream on twitter and pretty much anywhere else and uh, I think that wraps it up for our long Game of Thrones discussion. I we almost went two hours on this one. <laughs> oh my man! Yeah, I I may have lost a little steam here towards the end because it's getting a little late. But yeah. thank you all so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And, trooper. And uh, go watch something happy now. <laughs> go watch something happy now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go watch The Office or something. <laughs> all right, everybody. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye.